0: Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance.
2: Once again, Decoder Ring Theater presents another page from the casebook of that master of mystery, that sultan of sleuthing, Martin Bracknell's immortal detective, Black Jack Justice. Starring Christopher Mott as Jack and Andrea Lyons as Trixie Dixon, girl detective.
3: They say that it is possible to have entirely too much of a good thing, my friends. And on this subject, I feel fairly confident in my lifetime of research and am prepared to come out strongly in support of said Old Saw. No matter what it is or who... Or I suppose when or why, but not really. Regardless, there comes a tipping point with anything where having more of it ceases to be a good thing. Now, here we enter into some important qualifiers, namely just what constitutes a good thing. At least for purposes of this idiom. For a standpoint of basic health, any whiskey, even excellent whiskey, is not really a good thing, so much as it is a depressant poison. This I know to be true. However... I also know that no whiskey, being the amount that had before me as this rivaled little tale of adventure began, is frequently a bad thing. Whereas Miss Dixon's seldom mentioned exercise routine, which is a good thing in that it keeps me long and lean and cat-like and entirely desirable to a wide range of deeply undesirable men, is also not a really good thing, so much as a necessary evil. So it is safe to say that our cliché du jour speaks not of the body but of the heart, my friends. And how often has that thing been wrong? Or perhaps the mind. There is nothing either good nor bad, but thinking makes it so. And so that which was once thought good wears out its welcome. A giddy thrill becomes comfortable, becomes boring, becomes kicked out my door with little or no notice. It's all a rich pageant, ain't it? All of this is slightly beside the point, my friends, even if the cumulative effect does bring to mind mental pictures of a certain well-toned girl detective wearing her lacy unmentionables and pitching an empty whiskey bottle at the back of somebody's head. Oh, don't pretend you weren't. I know it's the reason you keep coming back. No, none of this really matters. You can't have too much of a good thing. But with the thing that walked through the door and flopped in our client chair on this particular Wednesday, I had more than enough before I even saw him. I have a problem.
4: Oh, hello, Freddy.
3: Hiya,
5: Jackie. I have a problem. Coffee, Fred? You see, well, if you're having some.
4: When am I not having some?
5: It's an interesting point. I have a problem.
4: Where are you going? To me. No, not you, her.
5: Oh, hello, Miss Trixie.
3: Hello, Freddy. Goodbye, Freddie. You're going? I am, in fact, going. But
5: I have a problem.
3: That, my Peach Pitch, shall go down in history as a breathtaking feat of understatement. Thank you. You see. No, I don't see Freddie, and I don't want to, so I'm not going to.
5: But I have this problem. Yes,
3: and in the whole entire history of our association, Frederick, since the day cruel fate threw us together, almost all of the stupidest things that have happened to me have followed hard upon your uttering those four little words. I have a problem. I have a problem with your problems, Fred. They are problematic for me. Can I
4: just say something?
3: Knock yourself out.
4: Where are you going?
3: Ah, the original question that launched a thousand quips. Yes. I'll go to lunch.
4: It's 9.15.
3: I'll get my hair done.
4: It's pouring with rain.
3: I'll walk the dog. The
4: dog is comatose. If he weren't so gassy, I'd swear he was dead.
3: A2, Brute.
4: So where are you going?
3: I could shoot myself.
4: You'd ruin your hat.
3: I could just take it in the leg, shoot myself in the foot, and stay out of action.
4: It'd leave a scar.
3: It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, Fred? to oh, me? I hear you have a problem. Well, yeah, actually. Why don't you tell us all about it?
4: Here's your coffee. Oh, gee,
5: thanks. You guys are swell.
3: We sure are. Spill. Well, see, my cousin Herman is in town. Herman Hawthorne? Yes. Okay.
5: You
4: all right?
3: Fine. Provisionally, so, but fine. Cousin Herman is fine.
5: Cousin Herman is not fine. Cousin Herman
4: is in town. This is the encyclopedia salesman, cousin? No, Jackie. That's Cousin Sherman.
3: (laughs) Sherman and Herman? Losing it? No, I'll just fix myself a little... Never mind me, you boys just... Yeah.
4: Sherman isn't also in town, is he?
5: Cousin Sherman has been an honest businessman for 20 years,
4: Uh, Jackie. Ah, the black sheep of the family. Yeah, we don't talk about him much. I understand where was i i don't think we had progressed much beyond cousin herman and the fact that he was in town right he is and this is a problem
5: not in and of itself no perhaps i should explain
4: perhaps that might be best
3: dear god
5: a little over a year ago my great uncle leopold passed away god rest his soul you remember great uncle leopold
4: little man Looked like he was made out of pipe cleaners and leather. That's the one. Then I do, in fact, remember Great Uncle Leopold.
5: All of us Hawthorns have had varying degrees of success in our own individual fields.
3: All of it illegal. Well,
5: that is to say... Well, yes, actually, but just between us friends.
3: Forget <laughs> I said anything then.
5: it's awful nice of you, Miss Trixie. Mm-hmm. But Great Uncle Leopold was the master... The greatest Hawthorne ever. Mm,
3: High praise indeed.
5: When he retired, he was sitting on a nest egg so big it would... Um... hmm.
4: Do something that only a very big egg could do?
5: Yes. I almost had it.
4: Hacheterodactyl.
5: Yeah. That's a good one. Can I use that? You
4: like it? It's yours.
5: Thanks, Jackie. When great Uncle Leopold died, he was... I
3: get it, thanks. How does Herman Hawthorne enter into this? What? The source of your problem, and worse, the reason for your visit.
4: Well, I... Trixie, you know that if you don't let Freddy tell the story in order, he loses his place.
3: Ah, Christmas.
4: Fred? So,
5: great Uncle Leopold dies. Last year, about this time, give or take. And the whole Hawthorne clan assembles in town. They come from all over. They even came in from the coast. Which coast? Exactly.
4: Okay, you know what? Never mind. Carry on. They came in for the funeral
5: funeral? No, Jackie. They came in for the reading of his will.
4: How silly of me.
5: Hmm. The reading of the will in such a case is a delicate matter. Officially, great-uncle Leopold had no income, and had not done for many years. It is just possible that were the extent of his fortune to be revealed in a legal document, it might provoke some questions as to just where these holdings might have originated from.
4: And how much income tax might be owing on them.
5: In a nutshell... So, obviously, great-uncle Leopold had thought of this and elected to spare the family such deeply unwanted scrutiny.
4: And also the deeply unwanted inheritance tax.
5: You know, it is just possible. And so his will consisted of him passing along certain small personal effects and telling folks exactly what percentage of his estate he wished them to have, without giving any exact amounts. Or, for that matter, the location of his fortune.
4: Oh, dear.
5: His will just said that whoever could discover the location of his fortune would be his true heir and the leader of the Hawthorne clan.
4: And no one was able to claim this honor.
5: No one would be stupid enough to claim this honor, Jackie. If you did, you'd have to split the fortune with everybody, just like Great Uncle Leopold said. But his true heir...
4: Since he had proven himself to be Great Uncle Leopold's true heir, could just keep quiet and keep the whole shebang for himself.
5: Right... We followed each other around for weeks, trying to figure out who had the line on the swag. But it turned out nobody did. None of us knew. None of us could
3: guess. And none of you could work together, because each of you was aiming to keep the goodies for yourself.
4: Well, in a nutshell, I suppose that is accurate. And where, during all of this, was Cousin Herman?
3: Upstate. Ah. Am I missing something? Upstate where?
4: Herman Hawthorne was not merely upstate... He was also a guest of it.
3: Ah, uh, jailbird, huh?
5: He just finished a stretch for
3: armed robbery for sticking
5: up a Chinese laundry with a coat hanger.
3: How'd he manage that?
5: Yeah, it was never made quite clear to me. Herman is the only Hawthorne that hasn't tried his hand at finding that treasure. And I aim to have him followed, just in case he proves to be the true heir to Great Uncle Leopold.
3: We get thirty nine ninety five a day. Well, see, I was thinking. Plus expenses.
5: I have here an annotated list of favors promised, dating back to nineteen forty eight.
3: Twenty percent. What? A finder's fee. Twenty percent of funds recovered in the pursuit of King Leopold's mine. Twenty
5: percent. That could be. Uh, that could be a lot of clams.
3: That's the friends and family rate. The usual finder's fee is 30.
5: Um, I was thinking maybe a straight fee. Like maybe 39.95 a day?
3: Plus expenses.
4: Plus expenses.
5: We'll
3: need three days in advance. I'll draw up a contract.
4: And that, dear friends, is how we set upon our mighty quest. No joke. Of all the things a private detective almost never gets to do, the treasure hunt is probably number two on the list right after solve a big murder case. But here we had one, all right. There were, of course, complications. For starters, we didn't know what the treasure was, where it was, or how to find it. Our big plan was to stick in the shadows and hope that we were led to it by another Hawthorne so naturally cunning that he assumed the proprietors of a laundromat did not know what a coat hanger looked like. But a case is a case. And for the first six or seven hours, we treated it more or less like any other stakeout. Until it became blazingly obvious that, although Cousin Herman seemed to be looking for something, he pretty clearly had no idea where to start. It seemed as though we might need a bit of a jump start.
3: Is this seat taken? What? Oh, um, no! Smooth, Leroy. I'll have a whiskey sour. What? I was talking to the bartender. Oh, yeah, yeah. The bartender. I get it. You're not much of a conversationalist, are you? Um, that is, uh, I guess not. He guesses not. Oh, Lord help me. Uh, What's that? What's the matter? Don't you like girls?
6: Oh, no, I mean, yes, I mean, I like girls plenty. I I, I just, I ain't used to having them around, is all.
3: Well, we're pretty much everywhere, Leroy.
6: (laughs) Pretty much, but not quite. Why do you keep calling me Leroy?
3: It isn't your name? No. And how exactly is a girl supposed to know that if you don't tell her?
6: Oh, boy, I... Um, it's Herman.
3: Hello, Herman. I'm Trixie. Oh, boy. Could I get a glass of
6: water, please? Ice water. Very cold ice water.
3: Everything all right? Yeah, sure. Everything's fine. I haven't seen you in here before, Herman. No, I just gotta... Uh, I'm from out of town. A town where they have no girls? Um... (laughs) Kind of. Oh, I get it. You've probably been working on an oil rig or a, a ranch or something terribly manly like that.
6: <laughs> oh, yeah, like that. He-man stuff, yep.
3: So what brings you to town? Huh? Herman? Huh? I'm up here. Oh, I I didn't... I'm, I'm sorry there, Dolly. What brings you to town? Um, uh,
6: I, I'm here on account of a sick relative. How sick? He died last year.
3: Well, that's pretty sick, yeah, so what'd he leave you? What makes you say that? What else would make you come visit somebody who isn't here anymore
6: yeah, yeah, yeah that that's a good point.
3: Thank you. Was he rich?
6: Oh, Dolly, he was the
3: richest. <laughs> I like the sound of that. you do you gonna drink that ice water?
6: No, I think I'll just hold on to it for a minute or two.
3: So, what do you have to do? Do you have to visit his lawyer or something? Say that again? No, I don't think I will. B- the lawyer. <laughs>
6: Oh, man, he's... that's brilliant. He, he's got to know something.
3: Did you seriously not think of that till just now?
6: Herman Hawthorne is back! And you, Dolly,
2: you want to come along? You're yeah, good luck, you are.
3: <laughs> Mr. Hawthorne, I'll follow you anywhere.
2: You are listening to Blackjack Justice from com.
3: For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. I don't know about you, friends, but for this girl, detective, those pause-inducing dreams of hell must surely include flirting with any member of the extended Hawthorne family. But here we are. Puzzles the will, don't it?
0: I'm afraid, Mr. Hawthorne, that I am not at all certain of the reason for your call.
6: Well, you was my great-uncle's lawyer, wasn't you, Mr. Porter?
0: Leo Hawthorne has been gone more than a year. There's very little that I can tell you.
6: I was out of town when great-uncle Leopold passed away. I was unable to, uh, get away.
0: You were in prison.
3: on the isenpray in front of the Aelfrey.
0: I'm sorry, I-, I didn't quite catch that last one.
3: Aelfrey. He means me. He thinks I don't know he was in Isenprey. You knew? What gave me away? I'm startlingly observant like that.
0: Mr. Hawthorne, who is this? Don't mind her, Mr. Porter. This here's my good luck charm. Dolly!
3: Yeah, don't mind me. Do you have anything to drink in this place?
0: This is my office.
3: All right, I'll just dig around in the cabinets myself, shall I? Look, Mr. Porter, you and I both know that great Uncle Leopold was a very rich
6: man.
0: So I have been told. I assure you that in handling his estate, I saw no evidence of such.
6: Right, right, but that's that's just how he would have wanted it.
0: Yes, a number of your relatives assured me of this. They were even gracious enough to pay my fees, which would normally have come from the estate. Each of them seemed to think that they were bribing me. I will tell you just exactly what I told them. Thanks, Porter. You're a stand-up guy. If I had any knowledge in support of the existence of a hidden legacy possessed by the deceased Leo Hawthorne, I would have been compelled, as an officer of the court, to turn said evidence over to the Internal Revenue Service.
3: Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch it with that kind of talk. Yeah, there are ladies present. You really don't have any booze in here, do you?
0: Why would I keep liquor hidden in my office?
3: I understand all those words, but that sentence makes no sense.
0: Uh, Ah-ha! Cousin Freddy! Don't you, Cousin Freddy, me, you rat-faced... rat! Mr. Hawthorne, and Mr. Hawthorne, what is the meaning of this? Hello.
3: You're useless, you know that? Completely useless.
0: It has been
4: observed by some.
5: And you, Porter, don't you think that you're off the hook? Dolly, do you know
0: these people? Dolly? We didn't interrupt cozy time, did we? Exactly what, Braytel, am I supposed to be on the hook for? I gave you a perfectly
5: good payoff for the inside skinny on Great Uncle Leopold's hidden swag. And you gave me spit.
3: Is this your idea, following at a discreet distance?
4: He was enraged. I couldn't stop him. Also, I was listening to the ball game and didn't notice him get out of the car.
6: Following? Cousin Freddy, was you having me followed? Of all the knife... If
0: you intend to imply that I was somewhere somewhere bound to offer you exclusive information.
3: Thank you for your kind attention.
0: You put a hole in my ceiling.
3: I'll put a hole in you if you don't shut up.
4: Isn't there something on the second floor? Is there? A dance studio?
3: I don't hear dancing.
4: This is part of what concerns me.
0: They're closed
4: on Tuesdays.
3: And Arthur Murray lives to fight another day. You want to deal with this so we can go? There's no booze here.
4: Right. Cousin Herman, your cousin Freddy thought you might just have an inside line on the whereabouts of your Uncle Leopold's treasure trove, and that you might be greedy enough not to share. Given your family history, can we not agree that he was paying you some kind of twisted compliment when he decided to have you followed? Uh, I guess he kind of was. And Frederick, is it not just possible that you have acted in a somewhat hasty fashion, and that perhaps, working together with Cousin Herman, you just might still manage to bilk the rest of your family tree out of their acorns.
5: I guess we could. Well, if you think that... I I can't can't stay stay mad mad at at you! you.
4: That's... lovely. Uh, Now, since you each stole the other's wallet during that hug, perhaps you can trade back and we'll join forces and move on.
5: You little scamp.
4: (laughs) A fella's gotta keep in practice, you know. Mr. Porter. Oh, God, am I still here? So it would appear... Mr. Hawthorne of the first part apparently thought that it was probable that you were about to release certain information to Mr. Hawthorne of the second part, to which Mr. Hawthorne of the first part feels himself entitled by right of earlier payment. Is this, in fact, the case? I hate you. I'm not the one that was making nice with Freddy's identical cousin.
3: Don't remind me. I'll have to wash my imagination twice. Freddy! Is Dolly your girl? Oh, three Three times.
0: Mr. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Merriweather. Eustace P. Merriweather. Mr. Merriweather, as I explained to Frederick Hawthorne and a number of his clansmen at the time of the reading of the will, their great-uncle Leopold left no estate from which I could draw my fee. The money he paid me was simply a partial reimbursement for my services. So why did you take the job? I was Leopold Hawthorne's lawyer for many years. Someone always paid the bill. I see. While one branch of the family was paying the bill here, another went to the nursing home where Leopold lived his final decades and paid his overdue rent and bills in order to liberate the furniture and personal effects.
5: And none of them found nothing either. No boxes, no keys, no maps, no hidden offshore bank accounts, no diamonds, no nothing.
3: What about the room? What? The money wasn't with the lawyer and it wasn't in the goodies. Maybe it was still in the room. Maybe it still is.
5: The room? We lived there for years. It could be hidden in the room. See that, dolly? You is good luck.
3: Yes? Grandma, how are you? Do I know you? I brought a nice fruit basket. Well, that does look quite nice. I guess you better come in. Grandma, you remember Freddy and Herman...
5: Can't say as I do. She's such a kidda, Ain't she a kidda, Cousin Herman? <laughs> sure, sure. Hilarious.
3: Now, see here. Say, hey, Grandma, I noticed a nice box of tea in this basket. Why don't I make us each a cup? Well, that would be very nice, dear. You know, it's funny. I can't seem to remember where the kettle is. Oh, don't
7: let that bother you, dear. Happens to me all the time. And then some. So,
5: Cousin Herman hasn't seen you in quite some time there, Granny. Oh, no? Um...
7: No, that's right. Not not, not,
5: not since you was in the last place.
7: Just down the hall? Sure, that's right. How long ago was that? Oh, I, I've been in this room for over a year now. Ever since dear old Mr. Hawthorne passed on. Now, who could that be?
4: Building maintenance, ma'am.
7: Oh, dear. Is something wrong?
4: We're not entirely sure. I'll just have to check your storage spaces for water leakage.
7: Oh, well... The closet is there, and the linens are in the bathroom cupboard. The tea will be just a minute, Granny. Thank you, dear. So,
5: you say you knew the old guy that used to be in this room, Granny?
7: Did I say that, dear?
5: Well, that is, uh, I
7: thought... (laughs) Leo Hawthorne. Yes, he was a dear man.
4: Everything looks fine, ma'am. I'll just have to check the secret storage spot. The what? Oh, you know, each of these rooms has a different storage spot, behind a hidden panel or something. I'm
7: afraid I don't know anything about hidden chambers, sir.
4: Oh, well, I'd better check. It uh, could be dangerous.
7: Oh, dear. You go right ahead, then. S- sorry, Granny, you were
6: saying something about old Leo Hawthorne.
7: I hear he was a mighty rich man. Rich? Oh, dear, Leo? Where did you hear that? I don't know. I, I must
6: have heard it somewhere.
7: Leo was forever borrowing money from whomever he could, usually from some sort of scam. He was a dodgy old bird, but very sweet.
5: Yeah, but uh, that that, that could just mean he had some kind of uh, hidden fortune.
7: Oh, you just sound like his family. They were convinced that Leo had stacks of cash hidden away. He was terribly behind on his rent, of course, so the home wouldn't let them near the place until he had paid his bills, and they cleaned the place out just as fast as they could. Never did find a thing, of course. And then there was the next day I moved down the hall. The afternoon sun is so much nicer in here, you know. There you go, Grandma. Oh, thank you, dear. Of course, nobody asked me, but I could have told them a thing or two if they had. Oh, yeah? Tell me. Tell both of us. Hmm. Well... And this is just between us, of course, but Leo somehow had his extended family convinced that he had some enormous fortune squirreled away untouchable, and because they all wanted to curry favor with him, they were forever taking him out, paying his bills, getting him out of one scrape or another, and as far as I could tell, he'd never had any money in his life. But that didn't discourage his family. I asked him about it one day, and he just winked and said, It is a far, far better thing to be thought rich than to be rich, dear Mabel. And that is something that my true heir will one day realize. Never quite knew what he meant by that.
4: Oh boy, you said it. Well, looks like you're one of the lucky ones, ma'am. Everything's fine. I'll just be going.
7: Yeah,
5: I gots to go as well. Me too. That is... Me too.
3: Oh, dear. Are you going too, dear? I'm afraid so, Grandma. Gotta pick up little Billy. We'll see you soon. (laughs) Suckers. And so it was that the twin heirs to the Hawthorne family fortune made their way sadly from the Field of Triumph. Technically, they were now the heads of their clan. A clan that had recently been proven to be a bunch of overweight, greasy-haired chumps. Well chumps anyway. The rest was really just an observation of my own. And while the police radio continued to chatter with requests for information leading to the capture of Eustace P. Merriweather and his associate Dolly, the Hawthorne boys said their goodbyes, with cousin Herman leaving for points west. Because there was such a thing as too much of a good thing, and when it came to the Hawthorns, we all agreed that two was too many.
2: Black Jack Justice, episode 50, Two is Too Many, was written and directed by Greg Taylor and starred Christopher Mont and Andrea Lyons, with additional voices supplied by Peter Nickel, Stephen Burley, Michael Booth, and Julie Florio. This recording and the story, characters, and situations depicted within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. Until next time, remember, DecoderRingtheater.com is your address to adventure.
1: sound familiar? You're enjoying a couple of beers with your girlfriends at a local pub, and then some drunk putz gets up and screeches Steppenwolf at the top of his lungs. <sighs> yeah, what's a gal to do? I don't live in an open carry state, so I can't shoot him. You don't need any bloodshed, hun. Just offer that guy a throat lozenge from karaoke. Karaoke's throat lozenges? What do they do? What do they do? Just listen. <laughs> Wow, it stopped up his throat so he can't sing! That's right! Karaoke's throat lozenges contain almost 50% alum, so they're sure to dry up any croaker's voice box. Hey, is he gonna be okay? Oh, sure! Karaoke's throat lozenges come in a convenient tube about the size of a lipstick, and come with special stick-on labels that can disguise the package and make it resemble a major brand of cough drops. Hey, this guy's turning blue. Shouldn't we call an ambulance? Hey, hey, mister, you okay? Mister, hey! Crap, Lucy, call 911! Karaoke throat <laughs> lozenges, guaranteed to work on bad singers, screaming kids, and complaining mothers-in-law. Available now from your friends at unaccountable drug company, High li Wisconsin.